Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025, the game Titans and Bills on Sunday. Talk about a great uh, sports weekend. You got tomorrow afternoon, Auburn, Florida, which I think is the best football game of the weekend, right? I mean, I college football, you know, what's what's bad about college football is it's kind of like the NBA. We've got like six legit great teams, and yet we never get to see them play each other because they always have to play like Nebraska or Baylor or, in the case of Georgia this week, Tennessee. So you've got Auburn, Florida at 2.30. Then you've got the Vols to get pummeled by Georgia. I will not see that game in live time. I will DVR it because I will be at the Preds game tomorrow night as they take on Detroit. And then you got the pregame show at 9.30 from the George Jones. We hope to see everybody out there. And then Titans and Bills. And don't forget the Braves and the rest of the teams in the playoffs. So, Floyd, it's time for your three things. Three up, three down. Three things you want to see on Sunday. Three things you absolutely do not want to see the Titans do. We, of course, start positively because that's how Floyd is. And we start with the first thing you want to see on Sunday. Number one. All right. The first thing and maybe maybe the most important thing going away is get some turnovers. We know that they have a propensity for, you know, giving you a shot at some turnovers, and we're going to have to take advantage of all of those. So we need to come away. If they're going to give us an opportunity at, you know, three or or nine, whatever it may be, we need to come away with all of those. So I would totally agree with you, and I would say if Allen plays, and it looks like Josh Allen is probably going to start at quarterback for the Bills, he is a turnover machine. He fumbles and he throws picks. So that could be where the Titans could certainly take it. I mean, if you can get Matt Ryan to turn the ball over, surely you can get Josh Allen to turn the football over. No. Number two. Second thing is we've got to protect our quarterback the way we protected him last week in the first half. We've got, you know, now Taylor's back, so... In spite of what we think the offensive line is going to be better, it it's not all of a sudden becoming an earth mover, but it is bigger. And uh, and we are going to have to do a great job either by scheme, by play-action pass, by alignment, by formate, whatever it is. We're going to have to be sure the quarterback gets protection because we've seen if he can get protection – then we actually have a chance to pitch and catch the ball. So when you go back to what they did against Atlanta that was so effective, what like what is the counter to that for Buffalo and why were they why did it take them so long to figure out whatever it was they figured out against Atlanta last week? Well, I don't think it's a matter of figuring it out. I think it's a matter of doing it correctly. And I mean, I think there's there's no real secret with four man rushes, and really there's no real secret with five or you know maybe six. Now you start getting more than that, and you're you get shaky. But uh, um, you know all of those guys, as far as picking them up and knowing who to pick up and all those kinds of things, I mean that that doesn't seem to be as much an issue to us as just being able to block them. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, I think last week we got ourselves in a position, even though Grady and some guys are pretty good pass rushers, we blocked them. So we're going to have to do the same thing this week. So it's almost like they bowed up last week and they said, hey, we were so bad the other day against Jacksonville. We got to focus, get back to the technique and do it right. And they did it right. Yeah, I think pretty much. Number three. The third thing is we're going to have to run the ball. 
We're going to have to line up. They're going to run the ball. We know that. And and we're going to have to run the ball. Now, the advan- the obvious advantage we have in the entire game is at the quarterback position. And, and we're going to have to take advantage of that. That being said, the last time we played them, I mean, they ran the ball very effectively against us. And so we're going to have to go in there understanding what they did last year and realizing that we're going to see many of the same things and that we're going to have to line up in there and we're going to have to stop the run. Frank Gore, I mean, for 36 years old, it's uncanny what he's been able to do. Yeah, McCoy killed him last year. And in this game, going up against Buffalo, you know, I think Allen as a runner is a big concern of mine. He scored a touchdown last year against you. I think it was Kamale Correa came off the edge and the pocket collapsed and Allen just ran right around and just ran right into the end zone for a touchdown. And you cannot let that quarterback do that. If he beats you throwing the football, then you just have to tip your cap and shake Buffalo's hand. But if they beat you with Allen running the ball and Frank Gore running the ball, then that's going to be hard to swallow. Three down, three things the GM does not want to see. Number one. Absolutely no turnovers under any circumstances. And we've been good at this, and we keep talking about being good at it. But this has to be a special point this week simply because they feast on this. They do an outstanding job of knocking the ball out. They really are well-trained, and they do a good job of getting their hands in in on the ball. And if you're not careful, ultra-careful, they will jerk it out, and it'll be on the ground, and you lose it, and and consequently probably go there goes the game. And let's not kid ourselves. Both you and Vrabel have said they're putting the ball on the ground way too much. The Titans are. Oh, yeah. Just naturally putting it on the ground. Now you put a team in there that rakes the ball out, and— on top of it, like in football, I'm sure, like, do you ever think, like, the law of averages fumbled eight times and haven't lost it once? Eventually, this is going to catch up with me, and these balls were putting on the ground, the other team's going to pick up. Oh, yeah. You're talking about us? Yeah. yeah I guarantee it. So yeah. I asked, it was funny because I asked Rabel about the fumbles earlier in the week, and uh, I started about, you know, last year you made a big deal about not fumbling up there, and then you went there and you did fumble, and Rabel just goes, sure did. You know, like as if he is clearly, you know, harping on that. Aware of it. Let's go to the second thing you don't want to see. Number two. Second thing, we cannot give up any big plays. And I'm talking primarily on defense, although they can happen on offense. We can't give up a pick six. We can't give up a a sack fumble for, you know, a touch. Any of those kinds of things. But I was thinking specifically about uh, defense and really thinking more about the run than anything else, although I don't want to eliminate the pass. But we can't give up any big plays. That's If they're going to have a good series, the series good enough, they're going to line up or run the ball and run the ball right down the field, and without any problem at all, go ahead and score. You know, more power to them. But we can't do something dumb and, and give them a 60-yard a play, for example. Like what will kill me? is if you go one week where you don't give up the big play to Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Muhammad Sanu, and then the next week you start giving up the big play to Zay Jones and John Brown 
and Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox. Like, no offense to those guys. Brentwood kid. But they ain't Julio Jones. So if you can go without giving up the big play to Julio Jones and you start giving it to these guys. Although, isn't John Brown the wide receiver from Baltimore? Isn't he a big play guy? Oh, he's a speed guy. He is a big Fast. play guy. Fast guy. Beasley, we know what Beasley is from his days in Dallas. Yeah. Um, that's all right. Um, but, like, yeah, I'm with you. You can't give up big the plays. ends from uh, Brentwood. Yeah. Oh. Hometown guy. So is Jalen Ramsey, and I'm not sure how much I, you know, yeah. I like that guy. This is a nice hometown guy. <laughs> the third thing. Number three. Uh, the third thing is we're going to have to cover kicks. And the only reason I say that is because this returner is for real, especially in kicks. Now, I'm not sure that he's near as frightening with uh, with punts, but with his kicks, I mean, this guy's scary, and I want to say he's, if he's not leading the league, he's very, very high. So, um, you know, I think he's averaging something like 32 yards of return. So we're going to have to do an outstanding job of covering kicks because if you don't, that could be the game right there. That's how um, that's how uh, New England kept in the game when they blocked a punt and then returned a, a fumble, I think it was, or something. Mm-hmm. So. And the one thing Kern has done a great job of, and you're talking about kickoffs, and I don't know, is Santos – he doesn't seem to me like Santos has been very good this year at kicking the ball out of the back of the end zone. But I haven't really looked into how much he kicks it out of the end zone or whatever. But Kern, I feel good about because Kern has been just uncanny at kicking the ball out of bounds, but at the perfect angle so that, you know, when the guy kicks the ball out of bounds and the ref runs down the sideline for 20 yards, Kern's kicking the ball out of bounds and the ref's running three yards and stopping. That is a great punt when you can do that, and he's done a great job of that. He's probably going to do a lot of that this week, I would assume, against Roberts. Uh, I hope, yeah. yeah. I'm all for it. Go ahead and kick it out of bounds. Don't even let him touch it. I'd feel better. Is he really that good of a returner? He's pretty good. I mean, I, I you know, my, my Buffalo Bills watching is what it is, but I'm just about to pull up their, their kicking and punt returns. Andre Roberts, who, by the way, has just been a thorn in the Titans' side, uh, Andre Roberts is averaging 5.8 on punt returns and is averaging th- 31.3 on kickoff returns. Yeah. That's got to be first in the league. I would have to think. 615-737-1025. We'll get to some of the calls. Coming up next, though, what do we take away from last year's game at Buffalo? Is it worth rehashing? And if Floyd was a coach, would he bring it up? We'll get to that coming up next. It's Jared and the GM live from the wholesaling studio. Powered by RumbleOn.com on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. Tons of time to go out this weekend. Tons of things to do. And it's also a perfect opportunity to celebrate with Fireball. That's right. Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey Nashville made it famous. That's right. It got started right here in Nashville where they decided to they decided to rebrand it. They decided to make it Fireball. And everybody in Nashville loved it so much they took it elsewhere. And now Fireball is all over the world. That's Ice Cold Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. Again, ignite the night. Do it responsibly. Be 21 years or older to enjoy. Fireball, cinnamon whiskey. Jared the GM at ESPN 1025 The Game. Last year you preached before the Buffalo game that they forced a lot of fumbles last year, and then you guys went up there and, and fumbled a couple Sure times. did. This week, how much? I know you always are preaching fundamentals and things like that, but how important with this defense is ball Critical. We, we've put far too many. I mean, the ball isn't round. It's just bounced 
for us or out of bounds or back to us the times that we fumbled. We fumbled far too many times, and uh, that's only going to catch up with you. Um, if we continue down that path, that's something we've talked about. We need to continue to work it at practice and uh, and understand that that's going to be critical to this week is, is who can who can find some turnovers and, and give their offense a short field to work on. You know, if you ask Vrabel a question about something good that happened last year, he doesn't want to talk about it. You ask Vrabel, hey, last year you guys went to Buffalo and fumbled the ball. Sure did. Sure did. As they fumbled that game away against Buffalo. I know that they're different teams and the Titans are different and Buffalo's different. And that game's here. That game was there. Or this game's here. That game was there. But Floyd Reese, how much should we read into what happened last year as kind of a cautionary tale to what could happen this year against the Buffalo Bills? Well, I mean, if you read into the fact that the turnovers are going to cost you the game, I mean, you can probably read into it a lot, you know. You, uh, but, I mean, you know, Mike and and Bill were the only two coaches I've ever been around to do this. But Mike they Rabel? take yeah, they take a period during the day that all they do is work to stop and create turnovers. Getting the ball out, not getting the ball out, protecting the ball, not letting somebody do. I mean, for a period of day, they do that. And so they ought to be really, really good and cognizant of the fact that, hey, you, you want to know how important we think these things are? Look at this. We got a period in practice where that's all we worry about. And so, um, you know, maybe if for no other reason, just an emphasis standpoint, it will start to show up. Well, I go back to the game last year. Titans get the opening kickoff. Titans move the ball. Mariota uh, pass complete to Jonu Smith. Mariota pass complete to Tajay Sharp. Titans are at their own 38. Pass complete to Taewon Taylor to the 43. So on the opening drive of the game, you are marching down. You are at their 43-yard line. Taewon Taylor fumbles the football. Bills, 11 plays, 47 yards, including a 14-yard rush by Josh Allen for a touchdown. And that right there was the only touchdown of the entire game. So how big is one fumble? Well, it led to Buffalo's only touchdown. Buffalo won 13-12 for the Titans in that game. Later as they were going on. By the way, do you remember the stupid uh, the stupid fake punt Buffalo ran in that game? Or, I mean, the stupid fake field goal Buffalo ran in that game? I don't remember. They had a problem like getting the snap down, and they ran a fake right into a safe set, and the Titans just ate the guy up. Uh, anywho, Titans are down 7-6 at the half. Then the Titans are still down 7-6. The Titans, uh, midway through the third quarter, are at their own 25. So you're down by one point, seven six, middle third quarter, nothing crazy. Mariota passed to Corey Davis complete to the Titan forty eight for a gain of forty three. So now you're rolling. You're at the Titan forty three down by a point. So now you're what? Twenty five yards away from taking the lead? Right. Deion Lewis fumble. Recovered by Buffalo. Buffalo field goes twenty seven yards for a field goal. So Buffalo now, in a game in which they score 13 points, has 10 directly off of two fumbles. The uh, the next drive for the Titans, they kick a field goal. Buffalo throws an interception. 
Titans. So the, the Titans get an interception. So Titans now have a chance to to get those points back, right? The ones that they fumbled away. Right. And Nick Williams drops the ball in the end zone for a touchdown. Nick Williams, your guy. Yeah. Buffalo goes 11 plays, 47 yards. Steve Hauschka makes a field goal. As the clock expires, you lose. 13-12. And to me, I think that if you're Vrabel, this is the tough part. And this, this, I think, is the thing Vrabel's doing this week. Is you never talk about like if you were to play New England this this year, you would not go into that game saying, "Hey guys, remember when we beat their brains in last year?" You would never want to do that because if you're doing that, then all of a sudden you'll get cocky or arrogant. I think this is an opportunity where you point to last year, and you say, "Look at all the things we screwed up to lose that game." That's why ball security is so important. That is why we take a, again, according to you, a period a day out of practice to work on fumbling. That is why we've got to win field position. That is why we've got to catch the ball. So all these things that you guys don't take that seriously or you say, oh, here we go again, coach making a, this is why we do it. This, this 13-12 game. And if you go in there and you break contain of the pocket and you let the quarterback run out of there, he'll score their only touchdown because that's what he did to you last year. And I do think if you're Vrabel, you're preaching that because I do believe last year's game at Buffalo was a very is a very cautionary tale of what can happen if you go out there and you just screw it up. Well, and and it's not like this that that particular scenario is is unique you know i mean if you go into any game against any team indianapolis and do these things you're gonna lose the game i'm telling you you do this do this do you lose by the same token if you do this and this and this you're gonna win i mean it's it sounds way way too simple and it is because but in a game like this against a team like this i'm not sure it is too simple I mean, I think this gets down to the nitty-gritty, and that's one of the better things that Buffalo does. Buffalo gets down to doing what they think they can do and not a lot more. And consequently, I think the defense gets really, really sound in what they're doing. The offense is not going to be necessarily innovative and and things like that. But they're going to try not to turn it over, and they're going to try not to make mistakes and do you know, now they haven't been very good at it, and we, we need to hope that continues. But I think they they have the the script down. Now it's a matter of acting out the play. Sometimes I think, too, and I know that you're worried about Andre Roberts, their punt returner, but sometimes I do believe that a punt is not necessarily a bad thing. And in this game, the way Kern's kicking the ball, I'm not necessarily sure a punt is that bad of a thing. Especially if you can get some first downs, eat up some clock, get some first downs, and give Kern a chance to pin them back there. I think that could be very beneficial to this game. I want to say that um, Buffalo's defense, this is on the defensive side, they're like the best in the league at causing negative yards, which is we know a bugaboo about our running game. Um and I want to say that they are the best in the league at three and outs. If you get in there, they're going to find a way to to stop you or make it long yardage. 
uh, either, you know, a tackle for a loss or a sack or something to make it second and 12, third and 14 and make it hard for you to to convert first downs. Buffalo's defense is second best in the league in average time per drive at 2 minutes 14 seconds. They're third in plays per drive and they are second in yards per drive. So that goes right to your point. I mean, if you're getting a lot of three and outs, you're going to hold them to not a lot of yards, not a lot of plays, not a lot of time. Right. And that's the Buffalo defense. 615-737-1025 on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. Coming up next, college football. Big matchup, Auburn-Florida. What do we think of that? And Tennessee-Georgia. How ugly can it get on Saturday at Neyland Stadium? We'll discuss that next. Hey, Titan fans or fans in general or whatever you want to call it. Fans, just, yeah, we'll just say fans in general. Hey, fans. Don't miss the pregame show. That's right. Start your morning off with our coverage starting at 7 a.m., 7 to 9.30 with the kickoff, followed by the pregame show featuring Jared and the GM and Chris Sanders live from the George Dones downtown on 2nd Avenue this Sunday, 9.30 to 11.30 prior to the Titans and Bills. The NFL pregame show is brought to you by Wholesale Inc., powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, your Middle Tennessee Kubota dealers, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Jared and the GM on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. It's ESPN 102.5 The Game. You know, when you look at Georgia, um, probably the, the the best Georgia team that I can ever remember at this point in time in the season. Uh, very complete on both sides of the ball in, in, in the kicking game. You know, you start offensively, it starts with Jake Fromm. To me, he does as good a job as anybody in the country and maybe as anybody as I've ever coached against as far as keeping their offense in positive situations. He takes care of the football, gets the ball out of his hand, controls the protection, Keeps them in positive run plays. That was Jeremy Pruitt on Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia, ESPN, 6 o'clock. She can't be good. And Tennessee's going with the freshman quarterback. I think it's Maurer, Maurer, whatever it is. They're going with the freshman quarterback Saturday against Georgia. Floyd, I got one question for you on the Tennessee UGA front. Yes. How bad is it going to get Saturday? Uh, with a freshman quarterback, is this a is this may a not, KTS game? Name the may, score may or not NTS? Be pretty. Yeah, may not be pretty. Name the score for so this is this is the thing I have. I really think Georgia can name the score in this game. I mean, if Georgia wants to win fifty-five to seven, I think they can win. I, I don't even know if Tennessee will be able to score a touchdown on Georgia. Um, but like, do we think Kirby plays the mercy card because no? I can tell you that. No. Why not? Because <laughs> it's Georgia. They're Tennessee. There is no mercy card. Well, but, you know, Pruitt used to be at Georgia and, you know, kind of pushed that, Mark Rick out and cut from underneath him to help Kirby get the job. And they're both Saban guys. So, like, maybe he. No. This will be, I mean, this will be a bloodline. And that's, that's the way it should be. It's the SEC and everybody's fighting for a spot. So, I mean, there's, it's going to be, they're going to be tough physical. I mean, Georgia's, Georgia's really, really big up front and, and they run the ball really, really effectively, you know, solid on defense, not special throwing the ball, uh, but, but, you know, good, uh, but, I'm more but, worried about, I'm more worried about Tennessee's freshman. I'm more worried about Tennessee's bad offense with a freshman quarterback I mean, to be honest with you, who do you think knows more about what Tennessee's going to do on offense? The freshman quarterback or the Georgia defense that's practiced against it for forever with Jim Chaney being the coach? 
Yeah, I would think, um, I mean, I don't know what, it's obvious he's trying to move these quarterbacks around. I mean, it's obvious he's not, he's not convinced with his veteran quarterback. And he'll probably try to play it off like, yeah, well, we're just looking at him and we're just working through it and, you know, this, that, and the other. But I'm not sure this game that you get rid of the only experienced guy you have to, you know, throw it to a freshman. Yeah, like if you're going to let the guy shaky. get – If you're going to – if you – if you're going to, if you've decided Garantano's not the guy, which, no offense, it's probably pretty easy at this point to make the decision that Garantano's not the guy. But if you've made the official for sure decision that Jared Garantano is not your guy, then don't you let him get creamed against Georgia and Alabama and then against the South Carolinas and the Kentuckys let, let the new guy get out there and get his butt kicked? Yeah, well, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. Or I, I mean, shouldn't say get his butt kicked, but let him go out there and give him a shot against Kentucky and South Carolina and Vandy and those teams. Yeah, but I, I think he's probably looking at it, too, that, you know, people will realize that, hey, we're playing a freshman quarterback, and that's that's part of the reason, and and rightfully so. I mean, there's something to that. But, I mean, it's – it's uh, it's I mean, Georgia's just too good to – <laughs> to put up with much, you know, of of Tennessee's junk. So Kirby was asked a question. I mean, Kirby. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt was asked a question about Kirby that I, I just, I absolutely love. Now, let's remember, and this may be one where Kirby's kind of told to run it up because we know how much the Georgia people hate Jeremy Pruitt. Remember Aaron Murray on this show? Oh, yeah. You know, Aaron Murray came on the show and started that whole, that was on this show that he went on at SEC Media Days and just lit in to uh, Jeremy Pruitt, and it went viral. And I remember, because that SEC Media Days was so boring, and he said it, and I remember texting Jordan Rogers and saying, hey, he just lit up Jeremy Pruitt. And I said, I'm going to blow it up. And the next day, I remember, I, I, I wake up, maybe go to breakfast, work out, whatever, get back in the hotel. I turn on the TV, and Feinbaum is yelling, I don't care what Aaron Murray thinks. And I'm like, yeah, I did it. Um, but then David Pollack came on the show, and he was giving Pruitt the business. So we know how the Georgia people feel about Pruitt. So maybe Kirby tries to score 55 because they know the Georgia people want to win. Well, anywho, the point I'm getting to with this is that I guess Pruitt, who comes from a very similar background to Kirby, defensive coordinator at Alabama, was asked, how has Kirby been so successful so quickly at Georgia? This is what Jeremy Pruitt said. Jeremy, uh, how do you think Kirby was able to maybe so quickly uh, establish Georgia and what it's become under him? And, and beyond scheme, is there anything maybe you try to emulate uh, from what, what he does? Well, I think the program that he took over won 20 games the previous two years. That helped. And he had a very young football team that he inherited. You know, and he's done a very nice job. He's put a really good staff together. It's a place that you can have success. You know, those guys were used to winning, and now he's kind of recruited in his fourth year. All those guys are that he has there, he's recruited in there, and they've done a nice job evaluating talent and going getting some of the best players in the country and coaching them up. Um, you know, they're – in this day and time, you need to be good at the quarterback position, and he's got a really good player there. Uh, last year, they had two really good players there. So they've, they've got playmakers on the outside. They're big up front. He kind of recruited to the philosophy, and uh, you can see it. 
And so what I loved was, you know, he went into the spiel about all the things that Kirby does. But the first thing he said was, well, they won 20 games the two years before he got there, which to me I thought was such a great, because I think it's almost like Pruitt took offense to the question. that he, Pruitt looked at the question like the question was, why has he been able to do this and you haven't? And I think that Pruitt then was like, you know, just like Marcus with his fumbles, not my fault. Don't blame me. Not my fault. And then he talks about Georgia. They give you what you need, and you got the thing. And I, I look at that as like, a, you know, not my fault. And, you know, they got it easy over there at Georgia. And then he realized what he was doing, so he went into this long spiel about, you know, how they've done a great job. But I just thought it was funny. I think the pettiness in Jeremy Pruitt was kind of shone through in the way he answered that question. Right. But not I, my fault. I, but I mean, there's truth to it. <laughs> I think some of this is his fault. I, I don't think any of the, I don't think anybody that looked at the Georgia job thought, okay, Mike Richt is leaving because he can't win a game. You know, they were, they, very same reason that we've seen, you know, other, I mean, they, they made the move because they want to get to a championship. And that's all they'll settle for. Okay. The other big game, though, 2.30 tomorrow, Florida versus Auburn. Floyd, are we looking at a matchup of SEC contenders or SEC pretenders in Auburn going on the road to the Swamp to play Florida? No, I think they're probably contenders. I mean, I think both of these teams, until they get knocked out. But you think Florida's like in Georgia's league or something like that? No. Then they would be a pretender. No. If they have no prayer of winning the I, East, then how could they be an SEC contender? Well, again, I mean, I'm I'm putting them in two or three different levels. You say, okay, we've got Alabama, we've got Georgia, we've got uh, Florida, we've got uh, Auburn, we've got LSU. Is that it? Yeah. And you've got those five, and then you've got everybody else. So I think those, I think those guys are kind of in a category of their own right now. And they've got to wait for some of these other guys to see if they come out or let some of those top five drop out. And so, but but right now, today, I mean, I think I'd have to put those five teams as as among the elite. So you play. So you play this like a game of knockout. That is, until you get knocked out, you are still in the mix. Oh, absolutely. I think I believe. This is me. I believe that. Auburn is a contender and Florida is a pretender because I really believe Auburn, the way the schedule works this year for Auburn, they have to go to LSU, which I think is going to be the real true test on Auburn's schedule. Obviously, Alabama at the end of the year is going to be a test no matter where you play. You play them in Beirut and it would be a test. But I believe that at LSU is the big test, but then Georgia and Alabama at home give Auburn a shot to go through that with only one loss. And I think Auburn, if they only have one loss, and they may not even win the West, still has a shot to get to the playoff. On the other side of it, at least from where I'm sitting, uh, I believe that you can turn it on the other side and you can say, you know, even if Florida wins this game, does Florida really have a shot to win the East or get to the playoff? And I have to emphatically say no. They still got to go through LSU, still got to play Georgia in uh, Jacksonville, that's just too much for Florida, and I just don't think Florida's good enough. You know, like when I watch Florida play, I don't see a national title contender. I see a team that is a nice college team that still has some holes to them. 
Okay. So they can't be a contender. Well, they can't for you. They got too many holes. No, no, they're fine. I'm, I'm good. They should have lost in Miami week one. I'm good. <laughs> what What do you think? The de- Give me a point differential between uh, Florida and Georgia. Like how many more points is Georgia better in your head than Florida? 21? Georgia? Yeah. Oh, I, Georgia and Alabama uh, and maybe LSU are better than everybody. I know, but a point total. Like, oh, is know. Georgia 21 points better than Florida? Are know. they 17 points better? Are they? Because I think it's somewhere around 17 points better. And if the best team is 17 points better than you, you're not a contender. You're a not. You're you're a nine and seven team that makes it to the NFL playoffs. And well, then I'll make. I'll say they're three points better. I'll say three points better. I don't care what so. you just said. Home run, Braves. Yes. Uh. Adam Duvall, who went to Louisville, home run from, as Tom Jackson would say, from Louisville. Uh, what were you saying? Nothing. So you think I, they're 17 I, I, points I better? The base, how's the baseball game going? Home run, Braves. Oh, was he the pinch hitter? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, home run, Braves. Oh, yes. And let me add to this, a really, really nice guy. Very good guy. Went to college with him. Good guy. Don't care. Yes. Do not Home care. run. Yes. Oh. Six-pack picks coming up next. Jared the GM right here on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Jared the GM, great weekend of sports ahead of us. We got the baseball playoffs. We got the Predators tomorrow against Detroit. You just heard right there, Mich- I was at Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, even though I think that'll be a bloodletting, even though Michigan State's a top 25 team. I, you know, Floyd, let's be honest with you. Ohio State's one team conference. But Titans, Bills, NFL Sunday. And how about the Sunday night game? I know we'll probably get to that in six pack picks. But Kansas City, Indianapolis, that should be a good game on Sunday night football. Who Was that a pinch hit home run? Yes. And who hit that? Stop. Who was it? The Braves currently lead the Cardinals 3-0. That game what? you can hear on 94-9 game two. Boomer what inning is, is calling the game. The bottom seventh. Boomer bottom is calling the, the game on 94-9 game two. Chris Berman calling a little baseball. Um, Guy on second. Who's on first? Who's on first? What's on third? Is that? Are we going to get? A, he has no idea what you're talking. Are, about, Are we going to get uh, Flannery in here or whatever? Or, no, he's leaving. Uh, he's at 115 get, pitches and he's uh, getting lit up. So we're going to get a new pitcher. Well, this is going to be his last batter. Who do you think it'll be? So after Albies gets on, or if Albies does get on, then they'll go to Webb, the left-hander, to face Freeman. But enough of that. Okay. Are they warming? Good. The, are they warming up? Good he's probably, he's probably trying to stall game. so he doesn't have to uh, talk about the picks last are they week as well. Up in the bullpen. I'm interested in baseball. Oh, tell me about these picks. Well, last week. Floyd- oh, wait a minute. Hold up. Two and four for Floyd last week. Jared three and three. So we are now thirteen and nineteen even on the season. Oh God! Floyd was zero and three in the NFL last week. I mean, you can't lose. You can't lose both the Titan pregame show to me, and and uh, I, I six mean, pack picks. The truth is, I don't care about either one. But I'm playing your little game. Hey, so let's is, go. Is that not the biggest sore loser? When, when are we going to care? I go. When are we going to take this pitcher out? Don't we think it's time? Let's get to the picks. All right, it is a weak college schedule this week. I mean, we're not picking the balls. 
Huh? No. The spread's like 28 or something and like I that. And I take Georgia. Iowa. I think you struck out. We're trying to at least pick a couple of decent spreads here. Iowa at Michigan, 11 a.m., Fox, Michigan minus three and a half. Uh, I get to pick. I'll go first. I'll take Iowa. I think Iowa's actually a pretty decent team this year, and I believe that Michigan stinks. Even though I picked Michigan to go to the playoff this year, it looks like a disaster in Ann Arbor. So I think Iowa may win outright. But I'll definitely take my Iowa points, and I'm going to go with Iowa just because Michigan, uh, even when they lost to Army, they have just been awful this year. It's at Michigan, you said? Correct. Yeah, I'll take Michigan. Um, Playing at home, and and Iowa playing Michigan is like, you know, Vandy playing Alabama. No, it's it's not. It's from, from a mental standpoint. I mean, Iowa had, beat Ohio State last year. Iowa hasn't beaten Michigan. I don't even know the last time. And certainly with no regularity, Iowa does not beat Michigan. So I'm going with history. I'm going with Kirk Ferentz over Jim Harbaugh because Harbaugh has just fallen flat on his keister. Both of these teams stink, but is a close line, relatively speaking. Vandy at Ole Miss, 630, SEC Network. Ole Miss is minus seven. Floyd. At Ole Miss minus seven, I'll go with Mississippi, just because it's home. I don't, I don't. This is this is ugly football time, right? I, I, I will <laughs> this too. Is not I, very pretty. I think Vandy's terrible, so just because of that, I'll take Ole Miss. Um, Vanderbilt's horrible. I mean, I, I watched a little bit of their game against Northern Illinois. They're terrible. And you know what's the saddest part about it is I don't know one person who cares. Like even people that I know that are Vandy fans, like Vandy's terrible. Yeah. Oh, you know, whatever. Titans are terrible. Everybody has a heart attack. If the Preds don't win the cup, people want the coach fired. And Vanderbilt's horrible, and not one person in the city cares. So, how can I care? I'll take Ole Miss on that. We're not picking the Vol game? I don't have it on here, no. I'm taking Georgia. Give me Georgia. All right, and the best game from the best conference this week is Auburn at Florida, 230, CBS, uh, Auburn Radio Network, uh, game two, starting at one thirty, and Auburn is minus two and a half. Oh, that's a tough one, but it's not tough for me. Auburn! Give me Auburn! Give me Bo Nix! I doubted him against Oregon. I doubted him against Texas A&M. Lost both times on six-pack picks. I picked them last week against Mississippi State, and they housed them. Florida is a good team, not a great team. I think Auburn might actually be a great team. Give me Auburn. I think they win, and I say they win by about six to ten points. I'm going to go with Auburn, too. Uh, I think primarily, I mean, Auburn's defense is just so good. Florida's up good up front on on defense, but they're, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with the quarterback. They just don't have enough on offense to have the firepower, I think, to get over the hump here. All the Auburn doubting you do all week, and then you go pick Auburn. Moving on to the NFL, Atlanta, after their loss to the Titans last week, are traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. Noon, Fox, and Houston is minus four. Floyd. Minus four, I will take Houston. Um, 
Atlanta right now is in a little bit of shambles. I'm not sure that that they actually pull out of it, to be honest. Even though we know they've got some weapons, Houston's receivers actually do compare to Atlanta's. So I'll go with Houston. I am so torn on this game only because Atlanta is so desperate this year. I mean, they lose this game. Their season is over. And... I uh, the only thing Atlanta has going for them is desperation. The game's at Houston. If Houston had lost to Carolina last week, I would have taken. Or if Houston, if Houston had beaten Carolina, I would have taken Atlanta in this game. I just can't do it. I'll go Texans. Texans aren't a bad team. Texans are two and two. They're not going to rack up a bunch of losses. I'll take the Texans. All right, and the next game on Fox, Packers at the Cowboys, 325 on Fox. We're and, not picking the Sunday night game? And also 1025 the game. It was like 11-point spread, dog. Dallas is minus 3.5. See, this is why we got, we got to get the games ahead of time so we can nope. get the Sunday night football game on the thing. Cause it's good. Do I go first? No, I do. Uh, I will go, what is it, 3.5 again? Dallas minus 3.5, correct. At Jerry World? Correct. Give me the Cowboys. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to be disappointed with their loss. They're at home. Their loss last week against New Orleans. Uh, Dak, Zeke, I think they get back on track. And, of course, we know how I feel about Matt LaFleur, which is not very Did you see he's number one in Coach of the Year voting? Number one Coach of the Year. You know the season's not over yet, right? But you know who has one Coach of the Year? Jason Garrett has one coach of the year. I'll take the Cowboys. I'm going to take the Cowboys, too, simply because. But you got uh, your coach of the year. It's in Dallas, and I think, uh, I think you know, both Zach and, and Dak were embarrassed last week. And so uh, I think they're going to try to get it going for themselves at home. All right, and that brings us really to the only game that matters. The Bills coming to town to take on the Titans. Pete Weber will be there cheering on his Bills. Noon, CBS, Titans, minus three. FR? Is it me? Yep. I'm going to take Tennessee. Uh, and and honestly, I don't uh, – the difference has got to be the quarterback. Because the quarterback, I mean, we've got two different quarterbacks here. Their quarterback can run. Our quarterback can run. They've got a running back. I've got a running back. Their defenses are the same. The difference is the quarterback. And I've got to believe that our hopeful franchise quarterback is three points better than some rookie. Well, he's in his second year, and they lost to him last year. And my gut tells me. You're going with Buffalo. I, am, said. I have seen the Bills, and I've seen the tight. The Titans will choke this game. This will have nothing to do with Buffalo. This will all be the Titans choking it. I go Bills 16, Titans 14. I will take Buffalo to win this game, and the fans will want to fire Mariota, and I am honestly... I can't tell who I want to win this game, so I'm kind of Sally ruling this one right here where I'm going with Buffalo in hopes that the Sally rule will prevail and the Titans will win the game. I am taking Buffalo. Give me the Bills. Also, give me the Colts to maybe keep it close on Sunday night football against Kansas City, even though we're not picking that game either. Ian, come on. No Vols, no Sunday night football. That's it for us. Chase and TD next. See you at the pregame show, 930 on Sunday.